This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work, a movement that seeks to inspire, equip, and ignite leaders to advance God's kingdom through their influence in the marketplace. Find out more at www.kingdomatwork.com, kingdomatwork.com. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we're broadcasting to you from the heart of the Windy City. We're right here in Chicago on location at the Hyatt Regency, where we are at the 2018 Faith and Work Summit. We are so excited to be here, Martha, aren't we? We are. This she's, is, she's pointing a camera at me. I hate it when she does this camera thing. And I have this new thing. little tripod thing, everybody, and it is just so much fun. It's so much fun, yet when I'm on Jim the radio, I don't expect Jim a camera. loving it. All right, so where do you go, where do you and I go to find out more about connecting our faith and our work? For the everyday believer in the workplace, maybe as well as the business owners and leaders and church professionals, where do we all get to be in one spot to get on the same page of living out our faith in our work. Two years ago, many of you might remember that Martha and I attended our first Faith and Work Summit, courtesy of Bill Peel from Letourneau's Center for Faith and Work. Every two years, another Faith and Work Summit is being held. This year's summit is organized by the Center for Transformational Churches at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School right here in Chicago, the Windy City. And this summit is a two-day gathering of over 500 church and marketplace leaders, one of the premier events of the Faith and Work Movement in the United States. And Martha, last night we got to hear many speakers. It was really fun, but we got to start meeting a whole bunch of people from all over the country. In fact, some people that have been on the show before that we've never met. That's right. You know, one of the things that we always experience when we go to a conference like this is meeting people that we've never met that we've already met. That's right. If that's the meeting way to Meeting people <laughs> that we've met that we haven't met, that's always a so fun thing So we're so thankful they come in and introduce themselves. We try to get familiar with people on uh, LinkedIn and things like that so we know what they look like, but we've met so many amazing people. But this is an opportunity for people to come together and really um, have that conversation, talking about their faith and their work, whether it is um, at the educational spot, in the church sector, or the practitioners. That's what this um, specific summit is all about. And having so many different um, aspects of it coming together just makes it um, room for a lot of great conversations. It is a lot of great conversations. The last, I got to tell you, the, the one that was my the, the favorite speaker last night was Nancy Alderson. Mm-hmm. She just she spoke about how she is working as a consultant between management and labor in a steel mill in Pennsylvania, really teaching them to love each other and and teaching love because all her biggest point last night, her tweetable tweet last night was all love comes from God. So if we teach people to love each other, it's not that we're teaching them secular love. We're teaching them love. Love is, and that's what they're teaching. And I just thought that was fascinating, but we we're sitting, you know, it's early. The conference hasn't really restarted yet. Breakfast starts any minute now. And how come we're not eating breakfast? I'm kind of hungry. We might miss it. No, we're not going to miss breakfast, but we're sitting. (laughs) So we've got our own booth because we're one of the sponsors of the 2018 Faith and Work Summit here in Chicago. Right next to us is Bill Peel's table from Letourneau's Center for Faith and Work. And then we got, right now, Media at Work is here. And Chuck Proudfit from At Work on Purpose. And and there's just so many people here. And we're going to, on the next couple of segments of the show, highlight some other radio people that have been, that are doing Faith and Work radio shows around the country. We got Jason Tyler. He's going to be... Uh, he's going to be, I can't, Martha, you got to put the camera down and focus. We're doing some radio here, people. Okay. 
All right. Jason Tyler from uh, GFM Marketplace. So it's uh, GMF Marketplace, Global Media Foundation, I think it is. We're going to find out. I, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, and he's out of Memphis, and they're on 120 stations talking about faith and work. And we got Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. They're here in Chicago on several stations talking about faith and work. And so it's, it's going to be just a, some fun stuff. But let's talk about the last week as we got here. Okay. Uh, we've, just, we've had some time to just really spend just some great time kind of catching up, uh, breathing a little deep. That was good. It was some good time. And on our way to Chicago, we kind of slid by and saw uh, one of our daughters, which was fantastic. And uh, just great, just peace time. So, Jim, you know, what are you hoping will be one of the biggest things that we get out of being at the summit ourselves? The throwdown. Martha asked me a question. Yeah, this is kind of fun. All right. So here's my hope that we're going to meet some new people uh, that are that are involved in the faith and work movement we've never heard of before. And that's already happened. We've already met a couple of people and that we're going to uh, maybe we'll meet somebody that wants to get behind me, uh, get behind. I work for him and uh, uh, and talk about um uh, you know, just supporting what we're doing. That, that would be fantastic. But just making those making those connections is really what we're trying to do. That's exactly right. I think for me, I thought you were going to say like record 12 shows. No, I don't want to record 12 shows. Today. I want to meet <laughs> we, some people. I don't want to be behind we, the microphone. The well, whole we time. get to meet. We do get to meet people when we're on the air with them, though. And that is a, a fun part of this was unpacking people's stories. But, um, you know, for me, I think it's just seeing, you know, somebody said something very powerful last night and you wrote it down in all caps. And you said that this movement is, um, somebody else said it, but Jim loved it. And it said, this movement is too pale. No, he says, we got to make it. I, I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not so pale and not so male. Yes. And, and for our listeners that have been with us for a while, they've heard you say that in other ways. You didn't have the alliteration. You didn't have Ooh, the rhyming. That's right. We didn't. But now we do, folks. Um, this conversation is um, making a bigger point to focus on women and diversity and realizing you know the workforce is not full of just white males the workforce is full of beautiful people if people go to our website they see the um, picture that we have of the workers and there's men and women old and young and different colors and different clothing because they're in different occupations and um, so we are so thankful um, that this is really bringing that to a highlight well and what i forefront i guess not a highlight well and when the faith and work movement started the majority of the workforce was men and but today it is now 55 percent women and so how is the lord moving in men and women of all colors all shades of brown uh, and how are they working on it and what does it look like you know last night we heard from a uh uh, an aeronautical engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard from somebody working in steel plants, and we heard from somebody that was a doctor, doctor. Who, who, and he was a teaching doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just how are they living out their faith in their work, and just how pers- their perspective that they had. What I think was what was cool. We got to see. Um, you know, I, I think we probably just should talk about the fact that you know, in the current events, some big stuff happened this week. You yes. know, while we were on the road, another hurricane hits Florida. Yeah. Uh, and, and so if you are, well, you, if you're listening in Florida, that's great because that's where we broadcast in Florida. But we're also streaming across the country. You know, there, there may be some time, Tampa Bay and Jacksonville, first coast area, for you to get in your cars and go up and help with the cleanup. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, ton, and what a great witness that is. There is, it's a mess up there in that Mexico beach area. And from from uh, um, uh, what wasn't uh, what, which beach was it? it was um, 
Well, but everybody has yeah, seen all those the beaches. beaches that's right. So, and and one of the things I think to remember, and with any catastrophe, Jim, that happens, is the fact that um, they may not even know what they need right now. But this is not going to go away in a couple of weeks. No, this is a, this is going to take this is life. What we saw yesterday, if it had happened in Pinellas County, Florida, or or Pasco County, Florida, I mean, there would have been millions of people without uh, without power, and well, there already are millions of people without power, but. Hundreds of thousands of homes damaged. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty big deal. So we're just grateful to God that so so few people lost their lives, and uh, we're just also grateful that the I Work for Him audience would be able to get behind that cleanup effort. Look for ways. Check out the the Red Cross, the Salvation Army. Those are people that are doing it, and a lot of churches have disaster uh, response yes. teams. Make sure you check with your local disaster response team person in order to find that stuff out. All right. So in Chicago today, Martha, there are so many people that we're going to connect with. Who, what are you looking to get out of the, you know, well, what I was just saying was that I'm thrilled that the conversation is more around diversity and women and yet not like in a token way, not like, okay, we got to make sure that we have a woman on the stage or we got to make sure that we, but, but the workshops, the breakouts, the, you know, when we highlighted this summit coming up, one of the people that we had on was a, and I always get it wrong. She's like a neurobiologist and she also, or neuroscientist, Tracy, and she also has a ministry at her church called Called to Work. And she's here to do a workshop and, and guess what? What? She's like a regular person, and I love that. So, um, it you know, just fun to see the, the people that they've wrapped in and the meaning that they have in their work. So, hopefully, us highlighting it, Jim, just gets people intrigued and going, what is this about, and I want to learn more about it. Because, again, it's not about a thing. It's just about understanding your work matters. FWSummit.org, FWSummit.org. All right, we promised that we were going to talk today with some radio people that are doing... Kind of the same thing that we're doing across the country. We wanted to introduce you to somebody new, somebody that's never been on the show before. We got Jason Tyler here. He's the media director for Global Ministry Foundation. They've got an, a show that, that plays every Saturday, but on a 120 stations across the nation on the Bot Radio Network. Jason Tyler, welcome to our work for him. Jim, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. All right. So talk to me about what is, talk to, what's the name of your radio show? Ministry in the Marketplace is the name of our broadcast. Uh, we've been on the, pro, on the air, rather, for about four years. Um, and it's founded by Richard Hamlet, who is our president of Global Ministries Foundation. Uh, Dr. Hamlet, uh, his passion, he, he has a background in business, um, has f- served 15 years on Wall Street as an investment banker before God called him to the ministry. And um, he was able to really see firsthand, uh, as so many others do, just the the need for marketplace ministry. I mean, as someone who is on fire for the Lord and really wants to make a difference in his marketplace. Um, And so God called him to the pastorate from Wall Street, which is kind of strange, usually. It's actually a good direction um, to get called from the pastor right. to Wall Street. Then, you, then you've got some real-life experience at the same time exactly. uh, of what the marketplace is like before you get into the pastorate, and you can help those people in your church that's a whole exact, lot better. That's exactly right, because um, he, he was able to have a—God just gave him that background um, of, of business um, and, and how to incorporate that into missions. Uh, and so, really, that his—he just—God just kind of started working in his life, and—, and uh, he he pastored a few churches um, across Alabama and uh, Mississippi, one in Mississippi and 
Tennessee, and, and then God just said, you know what, I'm calling you to start GMF. And Global Ministries Foundation, uh, to tr- try to explain it best, is, is we're an umbrella organization um, where we have different types of things going on underneath the ministry, underneath GMF. So ministry in the marketplace, to go back to your original sure. question, right. uh, is, is his radio broadcast. Um, we went on the air in 2014. Uh, just on the local station in Memphis, on the bot, bot station in Memphis, uh, and just the whole format is just trying to get getting people excited about living out their faith at work and and not being ashamed of that. Um, and so one of his one of the things that he says so often is that he believes that it's time for God's people to take a new look at what it means to do ministry. Um, and and I think that you know with his heart with business as missions. Um, so many of us, and, and and I've been guilty of it as well. You know, in, in my previous jobs and different things we have going on in our in our lives, you know, we feel like yes, yes, we are Christians, and yes, we love the Lord, and we want to make a difference for Him. But when we go to work, it's just work. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a not a anything special. You know. So, um, so how he saw this need, he saw a need to help people understand that. So tell, tell us about your show. What does it right. look like for or sound like for and the it, listener? And the show is yes. called ministry in the marketplace. First of all, can people listen to it online? Absolutely. Yeah. Every Saturday afternoon at two o'clock central, you can tune in to listen online. Uh, live, it's not live. It is a recorded program, but you can listen to it at that time on the bot radio network. So botradionetwork.com you can listen to the program. Uh, and at two o'clock on Saturday, a central time. Yes, For two Saturday. So two o'clock Saturday central. That'd be mm-hmm. three uh, o'clock Eastern. Three o'clock Eastern, right? Okay. So Jason, but you're not the radio guy. Yeah, we're interviewing you today. But yeah, that's, you're the really the. I'm not going to say it. I'm not saying the brains behind the operation because you're the one that puts the, everything together. You're you're doing the social media. Well, why don't you tell right. us what you're doing? How, what is your part of this ministry? Well, I'm so excited to be a part of it because um, I, I get to. It's it's what I get to do every day. Um, and, and it's meeting people. So our format, going back to Martha's question real quick, I want to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, our format is we open up with 10 minutes of Richard sharing from Scripture, um, just talking about different topics of what God has to say I mean, and hit the power of his spirit in people's lives, and he works through, through his Scripture. And then we have a 10-minute um, interview with people who are in the marketplace making a difference. Uh, and so my job, the cool thing about my job is uh, I get to kind of write and put everything together of the program, and um, I get to meet all of these people. We interview so many different people, yeah. and so many people are doing so many incredible things in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, well, give us an example of something. You know, I mean, you get, yeah. so you guys are out of Memphis, yet you're interviewing people from all over the country, right? Exactly, yes. What's your favorite interview in the last couple of months? You know, we uh, recently had an interview uh, of, of a gentleman who created an app um, called iPray. Uh, and, and it's people, it's just the power of prayer, um, but it, it helps encourage people to really act on every time they say they're going to pray for someone, uh, you know. Um, so it, 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 that's, that's one example. Another example, we had a Christian artist, uh, Bart Millard, on, mm-hmm. um, who, um, you know, with Mercy Me. 
uh, because the, promoting their newest movie, right. I can only imagine. That was you know? a fantastic. Um, and so getting people to well, meet you them. You got to interview Bart Millard? So I, we got to interview Bart. We got um, to interview one of the producers, but not yeah. Bart. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, a, a good well thing we thought is, the producer was pretty awesome. It was, but now I'm a little, I feel, <laughs> a little, feel a little let down on the deal. But. Well, no, no, no. A friend of mine actually did produce the movie, and so I was able to, to work you know, oh, work with so him, you too. So, strings. you strings. Know. Well, you know. <laughs> That's what you do in media, so, right? That's right. You pull all the strings. <laughs> it's all about meeting what was people your and connecting uh, people. But talking to Bart Millard from Mercy Me, what was your what, you, what was your biggest takeaway there? Because that was a powerful, powerful movie. His story alone is powerful. But what touched Jason um, Tyler? But what touched me is his persistence mm. uh, and his faith. I know that's that may be kind of generic, but just the fact that he is who he is today because of his background and how he grew up and with his story, how he came from his dad and the abusive background that he, that he went through. And so many people, you know, deal with that on a Mm -hmm. daily basis. Um, and, and my goodness, just the way that, the way that God has touched his life and brought him to where he is today and writing the one of the most powerful Christian songs of all time right. you right. know, is just really incredible. So I have a question regarding your listeners. How have you guys, I don't, I'm assuming sometimes you hear from them. I know we would all like to hear from more of our listeners. So In fact, you- we've got a listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Call us. Give us some perspective on, on what you learned from the show. Maybe you've got a suggestion for uh, an interview. Yeah. yeah. So, but what, when you guys hear from your listeners, what are they struggling with? What is helping them? What kinds of feedback are you guys getting? That's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's that's like, that's not question. my department. I don't know. <laughs> I don't answer those phone calls. You know, I, I, I wish we, you know, and you may, we may want to work on editing this. No but, uh, way. <laughs> nice try. This is Jason's first time on iWork. Yeah. He doesn't realize we well, don't edit anything. Right. All right. So you're, but you're no, feeling but the need. I tell you so. what, to, to, we have actually, um, the, the, a lot of the people actually, that's where we get the most impact from, believe it or not, are our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a, a connected with a guy recently um, that we had on the program who has a, uh, he has a, an o- essential oil business sure. okay. um, that he does. It's all natural type stuff if you're into uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, he, we just reconnected and he was like, man, he said, what you guys are doing for me personally is just mm-hmm. really incredible. Um, and then we we do receive, I've received some letters um, from, from listeners, which is really, really an incredible thing to really be able to f- see who's listening and, and what it means to them because right. it, because it's it's a it's a bit it's a piece of encouragement that they're getting throughout their day all right we're talking with jason tyler he's with global ministries foundation you can check him out online gmfonline.org gmfonline.org the weekly radio show is ministry in the marketplace with richard hamlet jason's behind the scenes but jason what I, before you started working with richard hamlet and global ministries foundation what kind of marketplace job did you have you know i was in the uh film and production industry actually uh just kind of jumped around well, on several sense. different why you went to radio right did somebody tell you had a face for radio or something <laughs> exactly or they did they did they said you know what this movie stuff is not working out for you uh no actually i was behind the scenes with that as well um but i i actually uh helped produce a, a sec sports show out of based out of birmingham alabama wow. Um, before I came, they're on serious about sports in Alabama. This. My goodness, they really are. So, just really quick, <laughs> as we finish up, we got fifty seconds. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? I, uh, I'm glad you asked me that. Thank you. Um, God has been such an important part of my life 
since day one. I mean, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I was born and raised in the church, born and raised with uh, Christian parents who love the Lord and taught me to love the Lord. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 10 or 12 years old and had a background of uh, important <laughs> background of crazy things going on at that age. I know it wasn't a whole lot, but uh, God just really spoke to me. Um, and said, I want you to live for me, and I surrendered my life to Christ, and I uh, haven't been the same since. Jason Tyler, thanks for being on iWork for him today. Thanks for sharing a little bit about Global Ministries Foundation and Ministry in the Marketplace online. We've got to make sure that we uh, connect again. Thank you, Jason Tyler. I'd love Tyler. to, Jim. Thank you, and Martha, thank, thank you, you so much. On location at the Faith and Work Summit, fwsummit.org, fwsummit.org. I grabbed a couple people from the crowd. You guys have never heard from these two, but you've heard about this organization, Corporate Chaplains. We talk about chaplaincy all all the time on the air. And I grabbed these two guys from an amazing organization. Corporate Chaplain's been around a really long time. They're going to tell you about it. You can check them out online, chaplain.org, chaplain.org. We've got Chris Champion. We've got Jason Bates. They're both here from Corporate Chaplains. Guys, welcome to I Work For Him. Welcome. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Martha. All right. So let's just, we always ask this question. Let's just do this first. Chris, talk about how you became a Jesus follower. Well, I became a Jesus follower when I was 17 years old, uh, thanks to an organization called FCA, which I'm sure many of us Fellowship are familiar with. Christian Athletes, right. absolutely. Yep. FCA.org. Absolutely. And so um, I remember uh, hearing the gospel for the first time and uh, going home and, and uh, kneeling down by my bed and praying the, uh, the sinner's prayer. Um, I will say that uh, after that, um, the one thing that was lacking was uh, someone to disciple me and kind of walk me through um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so, um, thankfully, God's been wrestling with me for, for many years <laughs> since. So You haven't lost a hip in the deal, though, wrestling with God? No, no. Okay, all right, well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I, I've lost a lot, but uh, yes, yeah. That's, as I'm uh, looking across at his shiny head just like mine. That's right. Okay. Try and surrender to him. And Jason, yes. what about you? How did you first become a Christ follower? Yeah, so my, my mother drugged me to church at a young Oh yeah, uh, drug young, problem. Yes, yeah. yeah, drug. Yeah, I was she. I was clawing away. Um, I tell you what happened to me um, in the late nineties. I got involved with a group called Men's Fraternity, our church, and uh, one of the founders there had some curriculum. It was called Authentic Manhood, mm. and a uh, group of guys from work. Um, I was working corporate America, and we got together and attended one of those events. And there was a over a thousand men. A lot of business leaders in the community I lived in and still do today, Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, we all showed up at this thing, and I was just mesmerized by just the leaders that were in there and the iron, just kind of cutting on iron. And um, I really was attracted to all of a sudden I heard the gospel uh, in a way I'd never heard it, uh, in, a, mm. in an authentic kind of manhood way of one. And I just had a child, had another one on the way. And I was really struggling with, like, am I going to be a good dad? Am I even hmm. fit to raise these, these two girls? And um, and all of a sudden had, you know, a sage men pull along beside me and, and help disciple me and really showed me what, here's how you're supposed to treat your wife. Here's how you're supposed to raise your children. Here's how you treat the employees that are under you. Here's how you treat your boss who's above you. And um, and really just spent time with that wow. to the point that um, got involved with prison ministry. And, and we use a lot of that same curriculum today. Uh, doing that with uh, young men. And then um, I, the reason I came to Corporate Chapters of America, um, it's a 22-year ministry, but Larry Griffith, our CEO, came over about a year and a half ago. He was one of my mentors. I worked in the telecom world for 22 mm-hmm. years. 
And uh, he called me. He's been there about a year and a half now, called me at the end of last year and just said, hey, we want to grow 3X in the next five years. Would you be interested? I said, absolutely. Um, and so I'm just I'm sitting there, like, scratching my head. And so I, I watched him as a mentor to me. And the faith when, when I see faith in the workplace and I see that happen, right. I see him doing that in me, which allowed me and gave me – I had opportunities to disciple some young men in the workplace, um, which then turned me into a group called Downline, which does intense di- discipleship training. And so probably three or four years ago, I went through that and just – Really, God cutting, pulling, just stretching on me like a rubber band. Jim was unbelievable, right? And wow. so this, and so then all of a sudden I wake up, and you know, nine months ago I'm I'm here in the ministry, working, you know, doing faith in the workplace. It's it's an awesome. I mean, I just I look back and realize how unworthy I am, but just the opportunity that I've had to even be here talking to you today. Oh, well, we're um, having a lot of fun talking. Yeah. Okay, so Chris Champion, just give us a lowdown. What is Corporate Chaplains all about? So Corporate Chaplains is all about uh, caring for employees. And the way that we do that is by um, deploying wor- uh, chaplains into the workplace. Uh, our, the the best way to look at it is is uh, our chaplains are very uh, very much missionally minded, right? They walk in and and the first thing that they're going to do is go in and build a caring relationship with the employee. So so it starts it, with a relationship. It absolutely, and that's that's where when they when they walk in the. Uh, they're working on trying to just gain that permission to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- they're very proactive in doing that. So they walk in, uh, they're there weekly, right? So really going in and, and developing relationships. And, and we always talk about having a, uh, a partner who is there for one single purpose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to walk in the door and care for the employees. It's, and, and that's what makes it unique. Hmm. All right. So, Jason, what's your role? I mean, I know you guys have different roles. What, Jason Bates, what's your role within Corporate Chapel? Yeah, so, so my role is uh, I'm, I'm chief, chief growth officer. Now, I didn't come up with that role. but uh, that's, Somebody that's, gave me that. Yeah, so that's <laughs> and so, it's, so that you yeah, will yeah, not yeah. forget. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, that means, um, um, I, and I, I mentioned, we're, we're trying to grow 3X in the next five years and have mm-hmm. an aggressive, very strategic, detailed plan, a leadership team, and our boards pulled together. Um, and we've got... Um, you know, some, some very good metrics and things we're measuring our business and things we're doing to do that. So my job and, and our team, um, and I've got a couple of lieutenants that I brought over from the telecom world where I spent the last 22 years. Chris has been with us. He's kind of one of the legacy guys, too. Um, we Our job is to go out and find new mission fields. And that's and Jim, Martha, that's new businesses, mm-hmm. you know, folks that are interested, folks we had breakfast with this morning are like, hey, I didn't know what you do. Can you mm-hmm. come by and talk to me? I'd, I'd love to have somebody come visit my employees once yeah. a week. And so uh, that's our job. And then and then on, on the flip side, too, we, uh, David Reddy is our new um, VP of Donor Development. He came on at the beginning of the year also. And um, so uh, part of our group is, is fundraising. Sure. And going out and trying to raise money since we're a nonprofit. Yeah, you need to raise that money in order to be able to get the vis- get visibility out there so people can yeah, even know. I mean, do. I'm amazed at how many conversations we have with business owners and leaders, uh, Chris and Jason, that don't even know Chaplaincy exists. Uh, yeah, so well, that's a, that's a big part of it is just the awareness that it is there, right? right. And, and we talk about, you know, until uh, until we get a response different than I had no idea that was even a thing right uh in fact our our ceo even jokes when he first heard about it he was like called a buddy of his and said hey is what they're doing even legal yeah and so yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so yes all right so uh uh, chris you're responsible for development of people west of the mississippi as you told me many times yes that's a pretty big territory how you doing on that 
Well, uh, we're doing well. You know, I think it's one of those things where, again, going back to this idea of awareness and just getting the word out. So appreciate you and, and Martha for allowing us a little bit of time to just talk about what it is that we do. Well, let's talk about who's that ideal client is and who are you looking for? Who is that ideal client for corporate chaplains? What does that ideal business or organization look like that will take advantage of chaplaincy? You know, I think there's two streams to think about uh, when it comes to that answer. And one is the, and, and they both have this in common, and that is uh, an employer that cares about their employee. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't have to be somebody who is a faith or, you know, faith-based or, or Christian, uh, you know, necessarily. But obviously, those folks will resonate with our mission statement. Right. That said, our our ministry is a ministry of care, and so if if an if a, an employer cares about their employees and truly wants to put you know feet to that, then that's where we come in. So, hmm. all right. So, Jason, give your color to that. I mean, add your color to, to what Chris said. What, when, who do you see as the ideal client? Yeah. Well, we have we have some owners that want to be just a good steward of what they've been given. Mm-hmm. And so they, mm-hmm. they, they feel like their business is uh, not theirs, uh, but they've been entrusted to run that. And so um, we see a number of owners that come to us just going, look, I need you, um, one, from, from a legacy standpoint, I, I want to take care um, of, of my employees. And I want to I want to give back. So when I think of stewardship, too, I just think of even their giving that they give to, you know, whatever ministry and how they're right. giving back to their employees. And then you've got owners that, like Chris said, that's really just want to, they want to, they want to take care of their employees. They have somebody on their team that's going through a nasty divorce. They want to help. They, they can't, they can't get too wrapped around the axle with that. Mm-hmm. And so, but they, but they love on them. They want to care on them. They want to take Another care of them. Another colloquialism from Northwest Arkansas or from Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> you can't get wrapped, get wrapped around, around the, axle. the axle. That's right. I've got a whole bucket of them. <laughs> I, I bet, bet you, do. you do. Yes, he well, does. You know, so one of the things that I think of is a growing company. One that mm-hmm. originally the owner was able to know every child's name and when their anniversary was and yeah. go to the wedding of their daughter and all that kind of stuff to a company that, and I know that you, you you can service different levels, but I think an owner gets to the point where they're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I care, mm-hmm. but I can't, how do I... Sp- split myself and care and still run a business and that's where you guys can step in right yeah that's a that's a that's a good part uh good point martha and one of the things that i would say to that is is that yeah as you mentioned i mean we serve organizations with as few as 10 employees all the way up to eighteen thousand plus mm-hmm. employees right so yeah. but that idea of growth is uh you know, uh, allows that opportunity, right, for us to come in and just kind of help out. But one thing, too, that you said that I just want uh, people to think about is sometimes when they're in that role and they feel like, hey, I've kind of got this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I've got this chaplain thing. I don't really need you. The one thing that's uh, unique about us coming in as kind of a third party is at the end of the day, that, that business owner, that CEO, they're still signing that person's check. Mm-hmm. So if I'm struggling with something... I'm probably not going to come tell you about it, regardless of what a great person you are and how awesome, you know, and how much I appreciate you. Um, And that's where that proactive piece of us coming in and developing the relationship and building trust really comes in. Sure. Talk about the transformation in a company. When a, when a company brings in a chaplain from Corporate Chaplains, which you guys could find online, chaplain.org, chaplain.org. When somebody brings in a chaplain, what does it do to the culture? 
Go I ahead, mean, don't it, fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 uh, it can oftentimes radically transform it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you stop and think, when you look at all the statistics on you know all the buzzwords, employee engagement, uh, all of those things nowadays. I mean, when you create a culture of care, there is a business ROI to uh, to doing this, right? And so mm-hmm. again, going, kind of going back to who's a good audience. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we somebody who has a heart for caring for people. Uh, but there's also a return on their on their investment as well, and and it can and it really creates a uh, dynamic. I mean, we've got story after story after story of how those things uh, come to play. It's really so. a transformation of the culture, isn't it, Jason? Yeah. It is. And one thing to note too, you know, it's everything that the conversations we're having are permission based, so we're not forcing anything. Right, you're yet. not pounding people over the head of the Bible. We don't right. have a bullhorn. We don't have a you know, two foot tall King James version we're walking in with. We're, we're there to just really care on these employees because here's what we know, Jim, here's what we know. And, and this is true in my life and everybody at this event and the employees that we serve, they're either coming in in a crisis or in the middle of one today or, or probably going to be in one in the near future. Right. And when that happens, we want to come alongside them to help them and partner with them. Jason Bates, Chris Champion with Corporate Chaplains. Check them out online, chaplain.org, chaplain.org. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today here in Chicago. Thank you, Jim. Thank and you. It's great, it, great to chase you guys all across the country. Love doing that. All right, make sure, you know, if you don't have a chaplain in your business or your organization, you need one. Chaplain.org. On location in Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City. And yes, it is windy this morning. It was 40 degrees. And I know you're listening in the afternoon, but we had to do this first thing in the morning because we're trying to capture people and get this show out to you guys all over Florida and, of course, on iHeartRadio all across the world. We've been highlighting just some people that we're running into here at the Faith and Work Summit in Chicago. FWSummit.org, FWSummit.org. We ran into some old friends who've been on the show with us, and we met them about a year ago in Kansas City. We got Steve and Margaret Lindsay here. They run the Center for Faith and Work in Los Angeles, California. If you remember that conversation, it said, are there really believers in Los Angeles, California? And of course, the answer, Steve Lindsay, was. Of course. Of course. And what we have seen as we have traveled across the country thousands and thousands of miles since we last seen you guys is every corner of this country. Mm -hmm. God is doing amazing things, whether it's in liberal cities or conservative cities, it doesn't matter. The Lord is moving in amazing ways. And, and I know you really can't describe a city that way, but what is cool is that God is moving in the marketplace all over the country. It's fantastic. So give us an update on the center for faith and work in Los Angeles, which you guys can find that online, faithandworkla.com faithandworkla.com. Well, well, you know what? I'm going to start with Margaret first because she's the one behind the scenes and she's running the art. She's got the artsy perspective and you've got your art shop in, was it Soho? We're in Torrance, California. Torrance, California. Okay. All right. Talk to us. Margaret, how do you feel like it's going in, in California? Well, there's some very exciting things. We're uh, trying to raise awareness all across the city of Los Angeles. Fantastic. So we're spending a lot of time networking, mm-hmm. and Steve can tell you more about who he's been networking with. We've also hired a, a, a fantastic communications director, so look for us on across all social media. We put out some really great content that's been picked up by some of the national organizations, so we're really Neat. proud of that, and, and the content is, is really give you some really good nuggets that you can 
than use uh, right away on that day. And uh, we've been teaching a six-week class, and then we're preparing for uh, our conference, which will be next April. So save the date, April 6th of next year. We're, we're partnering with uh, Tapestry LA, which is a very big church in downtown LA. Uh, they're letting us use their facility, uh, which is a renovated warehouse, nice. uh, beautiful worship space that we'll be having our conference. And what there. will that conference be like? What, what are you guys going to be doing at the conference? We have three speakers lined up for sure. Amy Sherman, nice. uh, Ann Bradley from the Institute of Excellent. Facebook and Economics on the East Coast, and uh, Chris Brooks from Detroit. Excellent. We'll all be coming to He's the only Angeles. one that hasn't been on the show. Chris Brooks. I've tried to get Chris Brooks on the show. He's amazing. He's a busy guy. He is. Mm-hmm. And we are so fortunate to have all three of them coming That's to Los Angeles now. Next April. Oh, congratulations. And Amy Sherman and Ann Bradley. Ann Bradley, probably one of our top 10 guests. Just love because she can take really complicated principles and break it down into eighth grade. So that we get it. So that yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Lindsay, you talked about, you know, we're, you're a year and a half into this now. Is, it, is that a long time? That's right. How do you feel about how? What kind of impact are you starting to see the Lord doing in the marketplaces, the workplaces uh, all over Los Angeles? Oh, it's always the individual stories. When you talk to people and you get them to make the paradigm shift mm-hmm. internally, where they start to uh, just reflect on the bigger story that the gospel uh, is in and start to take the everyday things of their careers and, and so many different diverse examples of that. Uh, we're in a group that has a um, neurologist and she had some administrative skills, and then she was asked to uh, uh, step up and use some of those administrative skills in the hospital. And then she realized, you know, I actually like that. I love medicine, but I like uh, administrating. And then the chief of staff of the hospital, the medical officer, ended up uh, shifting jobs. And they said, would you apply for this? And she said, no, I have little kids. I could never do this. And, right. and then uh, um, she came to our conference and right in the middle of this, like trying to think through her own priorities as uh, a parent and having this uh, amazing career that was going on and then trying to navigate what's really important in life to be mm-hmm. offering myself to with God. And in that conference, she walked away realizing our life's work is kind of the big thing God has mm. called us to. Mm. And I have this opportunity as an administrative officer of the hospital to have influence and shape the work and the institution for God's glory. And that that could be at the center of what my life is about. And my raising kids could be helping them to find out their their calling and live into that fully and really give their life service a whole life as worship to God. Right. And just stories after story of coming out of uh, classes we teach or conferences, programming of people seeing things so differently and seeing how all of life can be given in, in love and service to, to Jesus, who we love. And it's exciting to see God working in all different sectors of the economy. Absolutely. And, and, and even though I, 
there's just so, I mean, it just doesn't matter. I mean, Los Angeles is a big city. I mean, was it five, six million people in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah, it's a big, big city. <laughs> Give yeah. or take a few. Uh, aren't you, um, have you, have you been amazed at what God is doing and how you run into people like, oh, God's already prompted them to look at their work differently. I mean, do you get amazed at conversations you have? Or, hey, you aren't connected to the Center for Faith and Work in Los Angeles. How'd you know that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, God's always three steps ahead of you in the process. Mm. So the people that you're running into, you're, you're catching them midstream mm. and then just uh, adding to the conversation, really. Margaret Lindsay, you work in the art world. You are a creative genius and you've got, you get to work with people who God has given that ability to work with their hands and their minds to create really cool mm-hmm. stuff. How have you seen this whole focus for you guys on faith and work? How has that impacted the area that you get to work mm-hmm. in every day? Well, I uh, try to encourage everyone who is uh, in, an artist to continue and to take that next step because whether they know it or not, they are living out the image of God in their lives by being creative and by uh, just walking into that. So I try to encourage that everyone to take the next step in their creative process, creative journey. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I, I view it. So when you're working with people, um, help people make this transition because, you know, you're talking in the, in the center for faith and work about all these ideas and things like that. But in the every day, when you're seeing somebody do their artwork, just being able to speak into them mm-hmm. about where that skill maybe comes from, kind of, kind of uncover that a little bit, how mm. we can walk it out in your mm-hmm. line of of expertise. Um, again, I try to just encourage them in their yeah. creative process. I don't necessarily spell it out for them because uh-huh. I think we're all um, created in the image of God mm-hmm. and we're all finding that way to, to walk that out. But even in the creating of the art studio, bringing an institution and uh, an awareness of art to the center of the downtown Torrance is, is adding to that uh whole creation mandate that God wants us all to, to build societies and Mm -hmm. to build culture and to, uh, transform the world for Christ. So we, um, whereas it may not be explicit, but it's implicit in what Mm -hmm. we're, what we're actually doing. Well, it's amazing when God gives people artistic abilities. And for those of us that have zero artistic abilities, I really appreciate it. You're even it's, more amazed. Yeah, because you can draw circles. I can't even draw a circle. So, talk, Steve Lindsay, talk about the faithandworkla.com, faithandworkla.com. What is the biggest thing that you're trying to accomplish here this fall? What, what is it? What's your big drive? You, uh, Margaret mentioned the six-week class. What's that all about? Uh, six-week class, we take people through... Uh, what's often referred to as the four-chapter gospel, which uh, instead of just looking at the Christian faith is existing for understanding our sin and the effects of that and redemption in Jesus Christ is the solution for that, we put it in the context of what were we created for originally and how does all of our lives work and the shaping of God's creation for his glory fit into the story. So the four chapters, creation, creation, fall, redemption, and then finally restoration, the culmination of God's kingdom in the the next age and how it's all going to be restored, including everything in this life and all of uh, work and creation is going to be restored and redeemed. Um, So we help them find themselves in that story. So four of the weeks are dedicated to those four themes. And then we add two weeks where we talk about calling. What's the nature of uh, 
a call, who's, who's the caller and how's that different than just your daily job and how does it overlay your daily job? Uh, so you can find yourself with God in your job that way by identifying calling. And then lastly, we talk about this concept of exilic discipleship. Ooh, what's that word? Well, that word um, is uh, uh, people that are writing a lot about public theology. How do you live your life in public faith? Uh, they reference back to a lot of scripture that talks about the nature of the Christian life as being one of exile, mm. where we are in a world that is full of uh, people that are not redeemed, and yet uh, we're living for redemption uh, and learning to live that out with our faith. Stephen Margaret Lindsay with the Center for Faith and Work in Los Angeles, California. Thanks for being back on I Work For Him. Thank you so much. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work For, for him. him. 